We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, partner, as we've discussed, we decided to take off the 4th of July week for a little bit of family time, but that does mean that there were several topics that we didn't have a chance to discuss one-on-one, and we got to do that in this episode. Yeah, Bobby, we didn't get to dissect Lamar Jackson's personal workouts with wide receiver Zay Flower and Odell Beckham Jr. We also missed a big announcement from Mark Ingram and a bold statement from Patrick Queen. Lots to get into. As always, I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Tuesday, July 11th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, if you listened to yesterday's episode or our last one, you know that we knocked out a best, worst, or the same when we compared this year's defensive roster to last year's defensive roster. We will do the same thing today, but with the offensive side. Plus, what is the best division in football? I think this is going to be a good conversation. And obviously, there's a strong argument to be made that the AFC North is looking down on everybody. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up at the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and opinions in about 30 minutes. As we've probably, most of us have seen on at least one form of of social media, one platform. Lamar's getting in some work with his wide receivers. And this is obviously sort of the the ramp up stage to training camp, mandatory mini camp, OTAs, all that's now in the rearview mirror. So as promised, Odell Beckham Jr. said that he would be getting together with his quarterback down in Florida. That's already happened. And Zay Flowers even talked about that as well with Lamar. And uh, they're wasting no time pre-training camp, Sarah. Yeah, no, it's exactly um, what Lamar said he would was going to try to do. It's difficult to get everybody there at once, but then to get his two brand-new wide receivers there at the same time. Um, you know, we were, I'm sure, looking at it from our respective vacations. And, you know, it's content that you want to see, you know, in early July. So so let's jump right into these these suckers. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of different clips here. And of course, for our audio only listeners, you can always hop on over to YouTube for the on camera version of this episode. We'll do our best to, you know, give play by play. One clip actually has music over it. So that's this right here. 
And specifically, it's on the turf field there down in South Florida, we're presuming. And and it's actually Odell kind of leading the charge, teaching Zay uh, with Lamar looking on, which I think is cool because, you know, Zay and some of these young guys look at Odell. I mean, even Lamar referred to him as a legend. You know, these guys have been watching Odell for years. They're not that much younger, but he's been around the league for a while now. So I thought that was cool from, you know, sort of a tutelage standpoint. Yeah, I mean that 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 clip right there again for the audio the audio people. It was just the three of them sitting there talking, and as you said, OBJ was leading it. And um, in addition to helping Zay, it, it's kind of like just you know, it's just these. As a quick disclaimer, okay, the three clips that we're going to show, we've only shown one of the three. We can't dig too deep into it. You know what I mean? It's like they do this type of stuff a million times a day when the whole team's together. This is like just us getting an inside look. Um, So, so I don't want to dig too deep into it, but it is nice to get that inside look to see not only OBJ kind of giving some pointers to Zay, but just the three of them kind of um, collaborating together. You know what I mean? It's OBJ talking there, but it's like Lamar also hearing that. So he knows what's going in in his wide receiver one's mind. So that's big. And, so that next clip, let's can we play it a couple times? So I brought this one up and the next one. So this is a zoomed in version, and then we'll get an, a zoomed out version. This is probably um, my biggest takeaway. And again, yeah. So basically, these two videos, a zoomed in version of Zay Flowers doing an out route, and then it's a zoomed out version of the same thing doing an out route. So again, I'm sure Lamar throws these balls tons of times during practice, but as we know, there's going to be a bigger emphasis with Todd Munkin and this new offense in which he wants to attack every blade of grass on the field. And so in the past, everybody says, oh, Lamar likes to throw down the middle. Well, that's true, but that doesn't mean that he can't throw to the outside. And so this was a little glimpse that it's like, okay, well, if Lamar and Zay or any of the other wide receivers can really perfect this Bobby it brings me memories of I want to say like 2000 you know uh, I'm trying to think 2011 2012 maybe maybe before then actually but Joe Flacco was a young player and he had a veteran in Derek Mason and the Ravens at that time it was like head-to-head with the Steelers I mean at that time it always is but Steelers just seemed to be dominant back then And they played each other in the playoffs. And I remember like there wasn't a lot going on on offense, but one thing they could for sure count on almost every single time unstoppable was Joe Flacco to Derek Mason on an out route. He'd get his two toes in two minute drill and then go out of bounds, stop the clock. And it was like the Steelers had a phenomenal defense then, and they just couldn't stop it. So I just liked seeing that from those two. Because I do want to see that next level of Lamar that maybe it was just Greg Roman that held him out or maybe it's just something he needs to work on. I don't know. But I want to see this out route so that they're attacking the outside of the field and defenders can't just cheat on the inside. I don't think you can put a price tag on just like these, the the chemistry that's being built in in these kind of um, 
you know, on their own time, one-on-one. I mean, maybe there's like Spence fit there and some other guys that are overseeing it that are, you know, kind of timing it and keeping the pace up and whatnot. But I mean, in Zay's case, Lamar is probably just trying to get him up to speed, you know, on what the Batemans and the OBJs and the Duvernays and the Aguilars have already under their belts. Uh, But man, I'm not going to sit here and think that, that these aren't going to help their chemistry, you know, right, right out of the gate. And so what I just been focusing in on with the, the zoomed out version of, of this is the timing and the footwork from Zay, you know, everything is in sync. It's outside the numbers. It's on the money. Uh, but the quick shifty footwork from Zay is something that we we heard time and time again ab- about coming out of Boston College. And uh, it, it's it's again, I'm just essentially for the audio only folks. I'm just going back and forth um, replaying this this one out route. But um, it, it, it is slick. It's quick. <laughs> and it only it's about three seconds, Sarah. He gets down the line. It's shifty, it's quick, and bang, he's out of bounds, and the ball's right there when he turns his head. So yeah. uh, it's that's clean. Oh, Zay's, Zay's clean. Zay is clean. And just imagine the more years in the league, can you say he's even going to get cleaner? Probably he's going to sell these things and just completely fool his defenders. Um, all right, next piece of news that we missed. Uh, I, well, maybe not news, but kind of a bold statement. So. Um, there was a website that asked, which, which the website? Do we have the tweet? There was a website that PFF asked. PFF Fantasy Football. PFF Fantasy Football asked, is Nick Chubb, so Brown's running back Nick Chubb, they asked, is he a top three running back in the NFL? And Patrick Queen, quote, retweets it and simply puts number one. So, uh, listen, there's some stud running backs, okay? There are some stud running backs there's Josh Jacobs, who, who led the league last year, 16, over 1,600 yards. Derrick Henry, who, by the way, Patrick Queen knows. He's gone up against him uh, plenty of times, so he knows. And then Nick Chubb was number three in the league. But what I like about this is, to me, this is one of those things where, Bobby, it's kind of like you play it somebody twice a year every year, and it becomes increasingly difficult to stop them. So I just – I like the um, honesty – and like the, or I guess the respect, the respect that Patrick Queen gave to his division rival. I like it too. Yeah, I also like the fact that we all know that J.K. J.K. Dobbins is one of the most fierce competitors out there, and we know he's always looking for motivation. I wouldn't be surprised if he used the bookmark feature on that tweet <laughs> and just made sure that it was available and ready to go come. Two and a half weeks from now, because he might have something to say about that in at training camp. Oh, no doubt. You know, and it's just, and you want your running back like this, right? You want all your players where it's like, hey, hey, teammate, did you forget about me? But obviously, uh, you know, he's been injured the last two years. But yeah, you know, we just know J.K. Dobbins' personality to this point. He's like, I'm number one in everything. So, um, speaking of running backs, one last piece of news that we missed is from a former running back uh, from the 2019 season. So, you know, he had an impact, Mark Ingram. Now, I don't know if this means that he's officially retiring, but it is certainly going in that in that direction for those that may have missed it like us. He put out a joint statement with Fox Sports, and he's going to be in the food, food, uh, football studio with them for the 2023 season. 
And they put out a joint statement that reads, he says, I can't wait to feel the energy and excitement every Saturday. He's doing college, college football, by the way. Uh, alongside some of the most talented and entertaining names in our sport at the biggest games in college football. Close quote. I'm only sad he's not doing it in the NFL, only because obviously we pay so much attention on the NFL level. I don't get to watch college as much unless it's, of course, the Cougars, BYU Cougars. Uh, and now that I'm in Columbus, there's a bit of OSU on, on the TV here. Oh, yeah. But I would have liked him in the NFL because this dude – might be the most entertaining guy on television at this now that he's going to go on. He's going to give everybody a run for the money. I expect him to be on the fast track when his career starts. You know, um, this dude, he he was a college legend, too. I mean, you think about what he did. Um, a Heisman Trophy winner, national champion with, with Bama. Then he goes on to the NFL. He's a three-time NFL Pro Bowler. He um, obviously was one of the – he was an integral member of a team that broke all kinds of rushing records in 2019 with the Ravens. And, you know, when I think of big truss, you know, this, this classic phrase that's become a Lamarism, you can't think about that phrase, whether it has two Z's or two S's at the end, Sarah, I don't care without thinking about Mark Ingram because he, he had a pulse uh, for that city for, for Baltimore in 2019. And I'll never forget it. It was my first year covering the team. That phrase was everywhere. It was quite literally sketched into every single building, every single. I remember uh, driving up I-83 and this like construction site literally sketched in big truss into like a big dirt pile and lit it up at night. Like <laughs> it was incredible. He took this city on a run uh, unlike any other. And the way that he. I think probably what's most memorable is the way that he talked up Lamar and gassed yeah. up Lamar en route to a unanimous MVP honor, I think is what really resonates with people in Ravens flock. And of course, you can't talk about him talking him up without this classic clip. The MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. Yeah. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Yes, sir. Big trust. I'm with you. I'm with you. New era ain't apparel. Hey, this man. Lamar, how are you going to downplay MVP talk when you get it? Hey, Bobby, look, I'm sporting the same shirt from that 2019 season. You got, you got to wear it when you're working out. Apologies for my workout gear tonight. But, uh, yeah, bring that personality to TV, please. I mean, he was made to be on TV. It's going to be a blast watching him. And I do – it is funny because, as you said, perhaps the most memorable is how he gassed up Lamar. Um, gassed up – I don't know. Gassed up almost seems like he doesn't deserve it. I don't know. Hyped up his teammate. Yeah. But let's not forget, he was pretty outstanding himself. He rushed for over 1,000 yards. And together with Lamar and other people from that that offense put up a – historic rushing year absolutely historic he will be remembered for that always oh yeah so be on the lookout fox sports uh big noon kickoff is like kind of their signature saturday program so be on the lookout for that and i think one of the most low-key funny parts of that video that we just shared the clip at the podium is matt judon in the back going like whoop 
whoop, <laughs> yup, yup. Like just making all these noises, you know, like that was really a cast of characters on that team. And I know a lot of people in that locker room felt like, you know, they had championship aspirations that were cut short. So I know some guys lose sleep over, over the fact that it ended so early in the divisional round, but um, yeah, class act. Congratulations to Mark. One of my all time favorites to cover and, uh, it'll be good to see him on our TVs. All right, here we go. We're doing better, worse, or the same. Uh, Monday, we did this for defense. Today, we're doing it on offense. Um, so we'll go through the roster on the offensive side, look at who the Ravens had last year, who they lost, and who they added, and then say if the roster is now better, worse, or the same. All right. So we'll start with quarterback, obviously, uh, Lamar, Tyler, and Anthony Brown. Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown are the returnees. They have not lost anyone. Thank goodness we thought for a good portion of the offseason that could be the case with number eight, but we know that he is under contract uh, for the next five seasons. The additions, Josh Johnson for a second stint in Baltimore. He could compete for the uh, backup position, primary backup position behind Lamar. Where do you think the position itself stands? Well, I think because you have essentially the same top three. I mean, like you said, Josh Johnson can be considered, you know, competition or whatnot. So I guess essentially the same. What's funny, however, though, is because of the last two years that Lamar has gone down. And I have seen with Tyler Huntley that, you know, the Ravens missed it on the playoffs the first time he came in. And then the second time they were like barely making it through when they had a great, you know, a great lead before Lamar went down, even though it's the same, I think the roster is essentially the same. I feel less confident in, in the depth of it because of what we've seen from Tyler Huntley. And maybe in, in this next year, he could get even better. So I don't want to, and if he, and if Lamar goes down and, and Tyler Huntley's in, you better believe we're all going to have his back, right? We're going to be rooting for him and all that. But I think that the Ravens showed that they're not entirely comfortable anymore with Tyler Huntley because over the offseason, they reportedly spoke with Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Tyler Heineke. Um, so if they're out talking to try to, you know, to three different guys, now all those guys are going to have a better chance starting elsewhere. So they signed elsewhere. So I don't know that they had much of a chance to upgrade. Most most backup quarterbacks are going to be a big drop-off from the starter. I don't even know that you have 32 true starting quarterbacks that are who are great. So it's the same, but I have less confidence only because now I've seen Tyler Huntley and what he does when 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 Lamar goes down. Yeah. No, they made it obvious this offseason for sure, based on some of those moves. And just to be just to be specific, Taylor Heineke. Uh Taylor Heineke is somebody they looked into as well. But um Let's shift gears to the running back position. Returnees, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and then a couple fullbacks in Pat Ricard and Ben Mason. They did lose Kenyon Drake, who filled in at times uh, in, in, you know, in 2022, and then a couple additions in the form of, of undrafted rookies. That's Keaton Mitchell, who several people are high on, and Owen Wright. Better, worse, or the same? Uh, better because J.K. and Gus are now almost uh, more than a season removed from their injuries. Um, yeah, almost two seasons at this point. So I think you can go into the season, especially with J.K. After you know what we saw from him at the end of last season, last season, 
after his, his second kind of surgery or cleanup. So I say it's better, uh, but I still think that the Ravens will sign a couple of guys. There's no way J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards is going to be playing in the preseason. So even though the Ravens lost uh, Drake, I actually think he's a guy that they might re-sign heading into training camp. Um, I guess they could sign somebody else, but I don't see like a Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott or Len- Leonard Fournette. I think those guys are going to be looking for a top running back going down t- during training camp and hoping to get in a position where they can for sure start and get a lot of carries, which would not happen on this roster. So I do think that, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll they end up re-signing Kenyon Drake, but better because uh, they're healthier. Yeah, I would agree with the latter there. Let's have some fun with this one. Wide receiver. <laughs> I think the only reason we're going to even mention wide receiver is because there's a lot of tallying that needs to be done because there was so much change. Okay. (laughs) Returnees, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace, James Prochet, Tariq Black, Andy Isabella, Shamar Bridges, and Mike Thomas. Not all are guaranteed, obviously, to make the 53-man. They've lost Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, and they've added, count them, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Laquan Treadwell, Dante Demas, and Sean Ryan. The final two were undrafted rookies. Better, worse, or the same? (laughs) I feel like we're going from like McDonald's to Ruth's Chris here. (laughs) You know, like it's like, I don't know what other analogies to give it. I mean, it's much, much better. First of all, when you brought up Robinson, it just made me think back to the, how many episodes we've done where we're like, does, does, does Robinson know something that we don't? Is he coming back? He definitely, he was trying. I I appreciate the effort. You know that he saw something, he sees something special in this roster. He wanted to come back. We, we wish him well. But I mean, I mean, just looking at the top four, Beckham, Flowers, Bateman, and Aguilar, all first round picks versus the top four last year, Robinson, Watkins, DuVernay, and Prochet. It's, it's, you don't even compare the two. I mean, what's funny is I don't even know that this is like, you know, I don't know where I I need to look at the other wide receivers and where this compares to other wide receiver groups. I'm sure it's not like, you know, better than, than, I don't know. Could they be top 10? I don't know. I need to go look at, look at other rosters, but I mean, this is vastly better. I am so excited for Lamar Jackson. I'm so excited that he looks as we saw in the first segment, like he's got chemistry with these guys already. I I am just so excited to see what he can do with the level of talent, the upgrade that he has. And again, this isn't the best wide receiver group in the NFL, but for but for how much Lamar can do and this running game can do, I'm just ridiculously excited to see what this what this passing game is going to look like. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish I counted how many times you said excited throughout that answer, but oh. yeah. Can you tell I'm excited? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think there's nothing else needs to be said. You know, yeah. the excitement's through the roof and it should be because he finally, finally has some, uh, a lot at his disposal. We'll see if it translates onto the tight end position that are returning Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely and Charlie Kohler. They've lost Nick Boyle and Josh Oliver to uh, to the Vikings. Nick is attempting to transition to extend his career to a uh, long snapper. So we'll see. And I thought Nick Moore, it's funny, we keep kind of keep going back to this Nick Moore interview that we did recently, Ravens long snapper. And I just thought he gave so many insightful answers, including sort of how he inspired Nick. And he said he did so humbly, he said so humbly uh, to kind of, yeah, check out and and try uh, and build on on potentially long snapping to stay in the NFL. So obviously we wish Nick the best. Uh, one addition in this room, and that's Travis Vokalek. So better, worse, or the same? I'm going to say slightly better because I think Isaiah Likely in year two will be even that much better. Charlie Kohler didn't really get to play last year because of injury. Um, now maybe... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe slightly better. Close to the same, but slightly better. I can't argue with that because I think a lot of folks, uh, Kadri's leading the charge here, but you know, a lot <laughs> of folks think very highly of Charlie Kohler because he's a big body. He He's a reliable pass catcher. We saw slight little flashes towards the end of the season. And actually, for his size, he's pretty nimble. So, and he kind of bounces off tackles like Mark Andrews does in the middle of the field. So, uh, I'm going to go with that as well. Obviously, Isaiah, you're expecting a, a heftier load for him in year two, and Mark's Mark. So, uh, yeah. I'm with you there. I will say maybe I'm discounting Josh Oliver. I do think he had a pretty good year, but I don't think it's not like Isaiah Likely or Charlie Kohler couldn't do what he did. Josh was awesome doing yeah. those little things that don't show up in the box score. You know, he's a yeah. tough dude and, and he got paid and, uh, you know, good for him. You know, he's off yeah. to Minnesota. We'll finish things up here in topic two with the offensive line. They're going to return the likes of Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Patrick McCary, John Simpson, Daniel Falele, Ben Cleveland, and David Sharp. The biggest free agency loss uh, because he just quite frankly priced his way out of Baltimore was Ben Powers leaving for Denver. Uh, Tristan Cologne left for the Jets. 
and Jawan James is no longer on this team as of as of right now. Uh, the additions, Big Sala, the rookie tackle out of Oregon. Andrew Vores, who's going to have a redshirt year recovering from, I believe, an ACL tear. Uh, Sam Mustafer, adept at center, coming over from Chicago. Uh, Tashawn Manning, Tykeem Doss, Jake Gidone, Brandon Kipper, and Jalen Thomas. So uh, better, worse, or the same? Yeah, well, I initially was going to say a little bit worse, even though, by the way, I think this group is going to be solid. I think it's going to be a solid, solid offensive line for Lamar Jackson. And so when you lose somebody like Ben Powers and you aren't quite sure who's going to replace him, that automatically wants you to say, um, you know, perhaps a little bit worse. Um, but but to me, and and, you know, maybe I'm discounting Ben Powers, I do think he was consistent and I do think he was – solid. Like he just was consistent. I just felt like we didn't have to call his name much. I do still think that he is replaceable. I don't feel feel like he's like yeah. this pro bowler that it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? You know, you've got, you're kind of between Ronnie Stanley there and Tyler Linderbaum, who's going to be going to, into his second year. So between John Simpson and um, Sala, and, and maybe if worse comes to worse, Patrick McCary, I feel like they're going to be, I feel like I want to say same. Yeah. And the uh, same is you. really good. <laughs> uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you. I think the same, the same for me relies in, uh, or basically lies in my confidence for Jody Alessandris, who's the longtime mm. offensive line coach. I think he is as good as it gets. And he makes these dudes, he develops these dudes into um, second contract guys. And that's exactly what he did with Ben Powers. So regardless of who it ends up being, you know, at left guard, Sala, Simpson, perhaps McCary, perhaps even, I don't know where Ben Cleveland is right now. That'll be a very compelling thing to watch <laughs> to right out of the camp. Him, my bad. <laughs> you know, you, you gotta, you gotta keep him in mind. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are down on him right now within the fan base, just because, you know, he hasn't gone and snatched it, you know, and mm-hmm. and obviously last year he didn't show up in shape. Or I, I mean, that's kind of a exaggerated. I mean, he didn't pass the conditioning test for Which the first brutal. couple tries. And then, yeah, it is brutal. And but that ended up, you know, he got a late start and, and Ben Powers came in and capitalized it and never looked back. So um, anyway, long story short, I think they're the same because of the consistency aside from left guard and what Joe D'Alessandris means to this group. And I think it's going to be plug and play at left guard this season. Nice. All right. Third and final topic. We got a couple quick hits afterwards, so we won't go too long on this, but uh, we, uh, or I had seen, this is again while we were gone. And so maybe some of you have seen this. So um, speak, speak for yourself to this segment it, it didn't ask the question, like, what's the strongest division in football? I noticed I thought it's what they originally said, but they just asked tougher division, and then they compared AFC North or AFC East. But after looking at all the divisions, I think that maybe been the, may have been the conversation, like, which one of these are the best in the NFL? Because they're both really good. So we'll first let Joy speak on it, who's always articulate and passionate. She makes some good points, and then we'll comment afterwards. I don't even think this is a conversation, and I would put – the AFC West above the AFC East before we even got to the AFC North, 
which I think is the toughest division in football. Top to bottom, that's why I say this. The top of the division may not be as high, but the bottom isn't as low. So let's just start with the coaches. Mm. You have two Super Bowl winning coaches in this division. The other coach has been to a Super Bowl and an AFC championship game. The other coach is a former coach of the year three, four years ago. You have better quarterbacks, top to bottom. The worst quarterback in this division is Kenny Pickett. You think he's going to take a step up this year. I think he will also. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Top to bottom, you have two of the best young quarterbacks, a former MVP. Joe Burrow just played in the Super Bowl, went back to AFC Championship game. Deshaun Watson is, is playing in this division. Don't even get me started on the defensive side of the ball for all of these teams, hmm. the running games for all of these teams. I, I just don't really know Argument. how you can argue. You have legacy-winning organizations. The bottom of the AFC East is too low for me to compare it to the AFC North. That's compelling stuff. I mean, this is there's no doubt that the AFC North is going to be a juggernaut for years to come. It's just a matter of, am I comfortable right now in – to me, she seems to be focusing in on on the AFC East. I'm more so focusing on on the AFC West as like. Well, the, that's what. She, but that's what the that's the thing is like the the question was set up between the two, and she had said in there, I would actually put AFC West above AFC okay. East. Yeah. I gotcha. So, but 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 to but to that, I disagree with you. I put AFC East above AFC West. I know Joy agrees with you though. Oof. We'll see. I mean, uh, it, the jury's still out on on what the Jets will become with a uh, you know Super Bowl champion and multi-year MVP taking over under center duties. You know, um, I just think about you know what the AFC West has. I mean, we obviously know what Kansas City is. We know that you know the the Chargers are always going to be as long as Justin Herbert's there. They're going to be a respectable you know competitive team. I don't know if they're capable of taking the next step. They seem. When's the last time they've done that? I mean, it's been a long time, like Philip Rivers' early years. Um, you can't forget about Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy is a winner, and now he's in Vegas. And Denver's made a ridiculous amount of moves this offseason, including bringing in another winner as the head coach in Sean Payton. So I'm going to go with, you know, I have the AFC West over the AFC East for right now. Um, Above but, AFC but the North? The AFC North. Well, no, I'm saying just between between the West and the East, I'm going to take the West. And I think, you know, for now, the AFC North is is looking like the top division in, in this conference. Yeah, and I would even, I looked at the NFC. I mean, I'd say in the whole NFC, to, out of the whole NFL, I think the AFC is obviously the stronger conference. Um, yeah, I, I, here's the thing. The AFC East, Here's here's what I don't know. Is the I look at the Jets and I'm like, it's just a historically losing organization. Can Aaron Rodgers help them overcome that? Aaron Rodgers with, was with the Green Bay Packers and they haven't been like this juggernaut the last you know couple of years, at least where you're just totally frightened of them like the way you are uh, the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Bills or whatever. So, so I don't know. I, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers lifts the Jets, then all of a sudden, then the AFC is ridiculous. You know, like. Buffalo Bills, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Patriots just haven't been much since since the um since the departure of of Tom Brady, but you could say the same thing about the Steelers. So, 
I don't know. She said it wasn't much of a conversation. I think it is a conversation to me between these two. Um, that being said, the Bengals <laughs> plus the Ravens, like she said, legacy Steelers haven't had a losing season ever under Mike Tomlin. I don't know what to make of the Browns just yet. We'll see what she seemed to put a lot of um, stock into, into Watson. I don't know yet. He did not look good last year, but uh, either way, I think either way, I mean, this is a brutal division. If not the best to me, maybe second best, as you've said. So let's just remember the Ravens schedule to start off. The Ravens schedule has one, two, th all three of their AFC North rivals on the road done by week five. So if the Ravens aren't coming out beating all these guys, let's just remember that we're talking about the division that very well might be the best in the NFL. So if they came away winning two of those three, I would be ecstatic. Even one of the, th one of the three, it's not like I'm going to be like, I'm not going to be happy about that, but I'm not going to be losing sleep because they were all on the road against perhaps the best division in football. So wherever you rank it, number one, two, maybe for some number three, it's it's going to be a brutal year. And I'm glad the Ravens have the roster that they do because um, they're going to need everybody to step up. And I hope that like injuries are under control this year because it's going to be a brutal season. Just get the 10 wins. Just get the 10 wins, which is, I know it's, it's easier said than done, but the amount of parity in this conference and specifically in the North and the East divisions, Ooh, boy, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Awesome football. Uh, hopefully this fall. So that is, is that let's finish up with a few quick hits, Sarah. And I know that, you know, the, both of this, this, this crossed both of our desks, um, on Monday, and it was, I mean, you know the time of year that it is, this type of stuff, I, I guess it kind of triggers reactions and whatnot, but we figured we give ours just because it was sent to us. Uh, Bleacher Report is proposing that the Ravens send Patrick Queen and a fourth rounder uh, to Washington for Chase Young, and that is in their latest mock trade because it's that time of year. What was your reaction? Um, I don't know... It all depends on what you believe Chase Young is going to be. Obviously, he's been injured. I don't know. I don't see him in practice. I, you know, he was rookie of the year, I believe. But um, do you know what year of the of his rookie contract he's in? How many years are left? Because that. Gosh, I, I think he's been around for 20, what, 20, three three seasons now, maybe. So maybe you're getting him for Coming one up. year. Maybe if you exercise the fifth year option, you get him for two, maybe. So it's one year of him versus one year of Patrick Queen. Plus, if you don't get him, I still believe they're going to sign Houston. Houston, if they use the unrestricted tender on him, which they could, I don't know if they have or if it's past deadline, but he earned $3.5 last year. I think he'd be around $4 million this year. Uh, plus a fourth rounder. Without knowing who, I, who Chase Young is going to be, I might stick with 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 what I've got. What about you? The upside and the potential is what gets you thinking about it, you know. And yeah. he was, to your point, in 2020, he was defensive rookie of the year. Since then, he's only played in 12 games since then. So that right there is enough for me to uh again 
with, with all due respect to the upside and the potential and the explosiveness and everything he was uh, his rookie year, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, giving up a, who we feel, you know, plays like a, you know, bona fide top 10 linebacker alongside, you know, one of, if not the best linebackers in all of football, uh, but also, you know, fourth round draft capital for, for, for somewhat of a question mark. You know, again, I know that he, it's not a question mark is a little severe. Like there, there's some unpredictability there. There's some risk there. So uh, I'm not willing to, to, you know, really entertain that. But second quick hit has to do with uh, the aforementioned, I guess I didn't even say his name, but when I say one of the top linebackers in the league, of course, I'm talking about Roquan Smith. And in a, um, a, a, a poll that was put together by ESPN's Jeremy Fowler that basically got opinions from executives, coaches, and players. Uh, it looks like the the ranking that, that Roquan received entering the 2023 season in terms of off-ball linebackers is number two league-wide. What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't care about these polls. I think he's... I, I think he's the, he's like the best linebacker in football. But what I did like and I agreed with is is there was an NFL coordinator. I don't know if he was offensive or defensive, but he told Jeremy, quote, I can't believe the Bears let him out of their building. He's a stud. He's everything a linebacker is supposed to be. Doesn't have a weakness. Intelligence, versatility, consistent tackler plus athleticism. Yeah, I still can't believe Chicago let him out of the building, but hey, I'm happy they did. Yeah, and just I actually found a tweet from last year's I think it's the same poll uh done by ESPN. And Roquan had himself a nice little jump. So last year he was five in this poll, mm -hmm. top five, and now he's top two. So a nice little jump for a guy who obviously gave the Ravens a nice little spark a year ago for sure in the middle part of their defense. We'll finish things up with the most expensive wide receiver rooms in 2023. This is put together by uh, Sharp Football, Warren Sharp. We, we quote and cite a lot of his stuff uh, here on the vault and figured this would be kind of interesting as well, just being that you know the Ravens were super, super active this offseason as we've documented, but you wouldn't necessarily know it just based in, uh, on spending. Leading this list is Denver. At 44 million. That's the most expensive wide receiver room in 2023. Vegas and Tampa are right below uh, the Broncos at 43 million each. The Ravens fall, and by the way, the bottom of the list is Green Bay at 10 million, just to give you an idea of, of where this range is. The Ravens, let's see, they are with Kansas City, kind of right around the middle Number part 20. of this, roughly 20th overall. At 24 million. You surprised? Yeah, tied at 20. I, Bobby, this is a big step up for the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying that you wouldn't know it, but you you do know it if you know the bet. We've done episodes on this. We've done episodes on this. Oh, you know this. it all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last year, the Ravens ranked number 32. So to jump up 12 spots, you would know it if you were like, you know, you knew these rankings. The Ravens definitely spent at a characteristic. They were 32 last year. 21, so only one up from uh, this this year. But before that, 29, 27, 27, 17. That's their biggest one. 20, 27, 29, 26. Okay. So I've argued for so long that, you know, 
if a balanced football team does not need to be number one. A, a balanced offense doesn't need to be number one, but I've always wanted them closer to the league average, and this is getting close to it. This is getting close to being there, and um, and so I, we're going to see what kind of effect it has on the passing game. I think it will have a pretty significant one. Yes, we are, and we have really <laughs> – you're so right. You would know it because we've <laughs> – literally done deep dives on those numbers and i know you specifically you've gone back years and years and yeah. run those numbers so so yeah you know those numbers uh like the back of your hand so before we jump just wanted to shout out uh as always two of our returning patrons they're supporting uh, both of us and our channel and our audio only uh, initiative here on the vault on a monthly basis we want to thank alan jay and chris gagnon for their support we appreciate you both and if you guys are interested, anybody out there is interested in doing the same, you can check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Uh, what, two weeks out? Let's see here. Two, little, little over two weeks out from the start of 2023 Ravens training camp. I'm excited to finally get you in Baltimore. We're going to meet. Hopefully we'll have some, some news for for plans in place and, and potentially some folks to come on out and, and catch a live show. But uh, can't wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. All right. For my partner, Sarah Ellison, I am logging off. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition here on the vault. Thanks so much for being with us. As always, you can hit us up by email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear feedback. We've been getting a lot of it. We've been reading every single email, every single tweet about this new format. We want to hear from you because we really care, and we're definitely going to implement it and um, you know make adjustments as needed. So we will talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks so much for the support.